Hey guys, Kyler here. So before you tune into this episode, we just want to give a warning that um, we kind of rambled on too much. So we decided to split the episode because we don't want an episode to be too long. So if you're just here to listen to Tengah and Bukit Batok, that's under part one. If you want to listen to just Kalang Wampo and Bidadari, that's going to be in part two. So yeah, cheers. <laughs> Welcome to the House to House podcast. I'm Kyler and across me as always, Peter. Hi, how are you doing Kyler? Uh, I'm okay. I'm feeling a bit tired from gaming last night. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah, but at least I won so it's not that bad. You know you hate the feeling where you stay up and then you feel really tired in the morning but what makes it worse is that you lose the games that you made the previous night. It's like, was it even worth it? But you know, yeah, winning always makes it feel better. Yeah, winning always helps. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And speaking of winning, mm-hmm. like I expect to have a lot of winning because I'm not going to be gambling this Chinese New Year. Oh, so that's your definition of winning. It's like the best offense is... It's not playing the <laughs> damn game. <laughs> it's being really <laughs> defensive. Uh. I see, I see. Are you the kind that usually gamble during Chinese New Year or no? No, I, I'm a terrible... I've got a terrible poker face. I can't gamble to save my life. Then just don't play poker. Play other games. Yeah, like what? That's, like, the, that's the only game that makes sense. Like Blackjack? You don't need a poker face for that? Or like oh, Baccarat? Yes, yes, you do. Okay, like Baccarat is yeah, not something I mean, you to read, do with. Oh, I mean, it, it's, it's an alternative you can consider, you know, if you want to make some moolah. Mm. Get, a, get a small mini bonus in the second month of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if, well. I mean, if your luck is good. I mean, with the pandemic the way it is, I'm not planning to visit any family, which means I have no money to lose to any of them. It also means I have no money. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, anyway, listeners, keep those questions coming to podcast at mortgagemaster.com.sg. I want to see all the questions sliding into my GM. That's Gmail. All week long for our question-only episode, The Open House, where we answer all your questions. All right, Peter. Now, let's get straight into our topic because this one's a bit of a doozy. Oh, disclaimer, by the way, we are recording this episode on 5th of February, which is one day after the BTO launch. I mean, but yeah, you whatever we're going to talk about today, it's more like a review style of it. It doesn't, it's not going to affect um, potential BTO bidders during your application period. It's more of implications for the future and just sharing our personal thoughts. So yeah, so back to what I was saying. I feel that this one, this episode is going to be a bit of a doozy because we're going to be talking about the BTO for February 2021. And why I feel it's a doozy is because it caught everyone by surprise. Even me. I think especially by me. Because I remember the day when the BTO launch um, was released, I was like frantically waving my arms over the office desk at you saying, Peter? BTO just launched. Yeah. We were both like, wait, what? <laughs> because I think we, we firstly we didn't expect it to be in the first week of the month, right? And secondly, it was on a Thursday. Yeah, it was on a Thursday, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's like we were expecting it to be like maybe the third Monday of the month, like after Chinese New Year, so that because come on, like who wants to work during or before Chinese New Year, right? But exactly. surprise, surprise, the Mad Lads actually released it. On a Thursday in the first week. So, yeah. So, I think that's going to be... 
It's gonna be a wild one. So I think the first topic we're gonna cover is tengah. We've we've had quite a discussion about this as to the pronunciation of tengah, <laughs> and really settling on how it's actually pronounced. So for the longest time, I was actually gonna say as tengah because it sounds more atas, but as we found out before the before the recording of this podcast, it's actually pronounced as tengah. And and that's how you know that we are two Chinese <laughs> cis men. <laughs> Who you know clearly have no um, no education <laughs> in we the national language of yeah. our of our of our country. <laughs> so for the rest of you who are unaware, Tenga is actually a Malay word that stands for center or middle. You know, and it actually got us to thinking: Wait, why? Why is well? I mean, Tenga is located near Jurong around Chachukang area, but that is so far off the middle of Singapore that we. You know that from what we are, what we actually know, ah, like mm. the center would probably be somewhere in Newton, probably Orchard yeah. around yeah. that area, right? But I think what we come to realize is that why HDB has decided to call this place Tengah, the center or the middle, is probably aligning with their vision that they're gonna make this Jurong West District area. That's gonna be the new CBD. That's gonna be the new center business district, the Tengah business district, if you will. And I, I think that's really a vision that they're striving towards to given that, you know, more companies are actually going to shift towards there in the future. HTB, if you're listening, this idea is free. You can take it. You can pretend it's yours. The TBD. That's why it's going to be called the TBD. The yes. Tenga Business District. Yes. And if that wasn't enough evidence of why, like, of me showing my appreciation for Tenga, I mean, come on. If, like, if you've read my articles about Tengah, the one, the most recent one about the BT guide, about, BTO guide about Tengah, and the previous one about the MOP, where I also express my love for Tengah. I mean, oh, it's like, it's, Tengah is the love of my life. It's everything I want in a place. Because my, I think why I've fallen so much in love with it is because the very first time I've heard about Tengah was before I joined this company. And I have one of my friends who was considering getting a BTO at Tengah. So he was like, oh, um, I'm actually thinking of about applying a BTO at Tengah. I'm like, where? <laughs> and then he started saying like, oh, it's a new place. It's at Jurong. And I mean, I, I, I stay in the north and we already have our, you know, our division where we are supposed to hit other areas. So I'm like, west? No. Near Jurong? Ew. Like even more gross. So... That was my first impression. And that given that it's a forest right now, it's like, why you want to stay in the jungle? But since I joined this company and started doing research, oh my God, it's... it's, it's it has every feature that I, I strive to live in in the future, given that there's no... Less traffic is a car-like society. It's going to be underground. There's... I mean, I'm, I'm not exactly a nature guy, given that Tengah is supposed to be a nature town. But I think having the availability and this... You know when you just wake, op- you wake up, you open the windows and then you see, oh, there's the forest. It's nice. It's, it's not something I would go into, but it's nice to look at. And I think it gives me that... It gives me that sense of like freshness in that way. And I think that's why I really like Tengah. And especially its potential. Oh, when it comes to like... When it comes to writing the investment sections of the articles, it's like, it's like you, I just want to nurture it, you know. It's like witnessing a child grow up 
and then like becoming a successful billionaire in the future because that's why I honestly think Tengah is gonna be so yeah that's, that is why I love Tengah so much so HDB please if you're not already convinced by my love for Tengah that I express through my articles at least the TBD idea the Tengah Business District at least come on if you're looking for an ambassador you know where to find me that's kyla at mortgagemaster.com.sg so yeah so Kyla, given your love for Tengah and all that it stands for what do you think of the pricing? Uh, like I mentioned just now with the example of nurturing a child, it always starts with something something small, something more to the infant side. And let me grab my notes here. Let's look at the Tengah price. For this launch, the three-room flat starts at 209k, which is, I mean, to me, in my personal opinion, it's actually quite affordable. It's very affordable. It's insanely affordable. Right. I... Because I think the previous BTO launch in November was about maybe 230, 240 right. around there. And I mean, I, I did expect the slight dip because of its location as compared to the previous one. But I mean, really putting, really putting the price into perspective, it's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I, like, people can really afford this. Right. If you want to talk about, I mean, if the question is, can I afford a house in Singapore? Doesn't matter what kind of house. If you just want a house, really almost anybody can get it, I would think. Right. Yeah. So that, I was really surprised. I was really taken aback by the price. How about you? Yeah. I mean, it's um, like, if you've heard our first episode, I am going to get a BTO in Bukit Bato. Mm-hmm. And this particular Tengah BTO um, exercise has the location pretty close to where I'm going to stay. Um, so I'm not surprised that the prices are this cheap in a mm. sense because my own BTO was, yeah. Was it around the same? Around the same price. Right. And, and this being actually closer to some of the other, of the newer MRT stations that yeah, are coming yeah. up. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely a steal uh, when it comes to the amenities that you're about to, to have. But that's also part of the problem, isn't it? Because you don't know where any of the amenities uh, are going to be ready. In this, I think in this grand scheme of plans, the I mean, HDB has probably already envisioned that, you know, once the houses get ready, there should already be amenities ready. And right. then that's when they start to start to develop. I mean, people who move in Tengah now, well, I'm sorry, you've probably got a, <laughs> you've probably got a few years to wait, but like, especially this, during this launch like the completion date is going to be around 2025 right. maybe the very latest 2026 that you move in into I'm really really confident that by then most of the amenities would have already been set up and it's already operating right yeah yeah so so we're expecting about four years I think from now so, so yeah 2025 to 2026 yeah. yeah exactly and what I was saying previously that it was very affordable I mean using the mortgage calculator because there are um, mortgage rules in a, mortgage laws in a sense where um, they, we'll explain it in a future episode but basically if you want to afford a three room uh, three room unit in Tengah you would only need a combined salary of about 2,800 that's a combined salary that's for two people if you want to get it alone can you get it alone? no right? well I mean you can't get a Three room flat. Yeah, alone. exactly. So it has to be a combined salary, and that's that comes out to an average of one thousand four hundred a month. That's, I mean, I don't want to sound very 
elitist. Yeah, I guess elitist or condescending in that way, but I it it's not it's not a high figure. Right. It's not uh, it's not a high salary that's required to get this uh unit. But Teng- but Tenga being uh being a non mature estate. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I you mean, actually do have grants mm. that are, you know, very, very generous if your income is lower than the amount that Kyler just mentioned. Right. Um you actually can the grants can reduce the purchase price even further and make it even more accessible to you. So yeah, don't worry about income in that sense. Yeah. When it, it comes to non mature estates. It's just more of a, like a benchmark kind of thing right. of what you know, what is required to purchase a three room unit in Tanga. So yeah, it's it it really blew my mind when I first saw the prices um yesterday. Well on the day of this recording yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, I I think and what you said just now, um, like your BTO at Bukit Batok is yep. gonna be quite near to this Tengah unit. I think that's a perfect segue to our next location, which is at Bukit Batok. So, the prices for the Bukit Batok units this launch, um, the three room starts at an even lower one hundred and seventy five k. The Tengah one was two hundred and nine. So this is about forty thousand cheaper. That it starts at And I mean honestly My reaction wasn't that big at first My first My initial reaction Cause I wasn't even looking at I mean I wasn't even Fanboying over Bukit Batok All my love was for Tengah But then when After a while When I really came into my senses And started to Internalize that Oh my goodness This unit is actually 175k Like you thought To afford a Tengah unit You would need a combined salary Of 2.8k This one is gonna be lower and this one is going to be even more available in that sense to right. really anyone. Yeah, but I think that there is reason for why it's why it's priced at this value. It definitely doesn't have the same appeal as Tengah. Like what, what it's set up to be. Bukit Batok in that area has already a lot residential. Right. It's like it's like a landlocked area in that sense. But there is still a small glimmer of hope given that you are really close to a Tengah link, which means you have that accessibility to Tengah. Right. And given the potential of Tengah being a TBD in the future, um, that that allows the option of this Bukit Batok unit to really soar in prices because I think it's... if I mean, if Tengah really does take off, you are in its vicinity, right. your prices will naturally soar. That's what I... That's, yes. what, that's my personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the value of, of choosing a BTO in Bukit Batok, and this is coming from the, the very biased opinion <laughs> of someone who has chosen Bias a, in both sense, right? a BTO in Bukit yeah. Batok, is that you, you do get to enjoy both um, existing amenities mm. in the, in the neighbourhood, as in amenities that have been there for, for years. I mean, um, Kyler in his article talked about how this is still technically a non-mature estate, yeah. even though it's been around for at least 20 years. Now. At least from what I think so, yeah. Yeah. And 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 the truth is, yeah, a lot of the amenities are, you know, very, very established. So you don't have to feel like you're in the middle of nowhere or in the middle of a former jungle. Yeah. Uh <laughs> yeah, because you know, you're very much in a residential area. Um the BTO that is has launched this month in February is 
a bit on the edge of Bukit Batok, yeah, but but like Kyla said, it's also on the edge of Tengah, which means that you do get the best of both worlds. You do get the best of both. It's uh, like you're in the middle of that Venn diagram kind of thing, where one side is Tengah and one side is uh, Bukit Batok. Right. Yeah. Uh, perhaps the only thing working against it in that sense is that it's going to take five years before it's ready. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a pretty long time to wait. Uh, if you know life goes on, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> in the meantime, it's gonna take quite some time. Right. Uh, maybe a longer than average time as compared to other BTOs that you're finally gonna be able to move in into this unit. So yeah, what we actually want to talk about the Bukit Batok sale is not so much on the standard BTO of it, but maybe more of the BTO for the senior citizens, also known as the community care apartments. And as I found out, it's gonna be called Harmony Village. That's that's the official name for it. And I think what really intrigued me is that we we've all heard, like maybe even since school, especially for me since school, that we that Singapore is in has an aging population and we have a lot of factors like low fertile, low birth rates. Is, yeah, yep, low birth rate. No birth I almost rates. said low fertility, <laughs> which is which is kind which, of the same thing. Oh, it is in a sense. Okay, yeah. So basically, low birth rates, and that's why the you know the average age of Singapore is rising up. And I have some stats here that the median age right now, um, okay, maybe of twenty twenty last year, quite recently was forty two point two years. What it's set to be in thirty years time in twenty fifty, is fifty three point four, and I think it's quite a. I think right now it's quite a scary thought as to think like, wow, we are really, we are just really letting it happen in that way and there's not much results that we can see visually right? as to like whatever efforts that the government has instilled, whatever policies and everything. So I think this brings in the question of, you know, having now finally having BTOs for senior citizens, will this change how housing in Singapore works? Right. In a sense where we all know that when we get a BTO, it's technically for life. I think maybe 85% of people who get a BTO, um, it's that's going to be your go-to for the rest of your life right. if you're not looking for an investment, as an investment rather. Um, but if there are going to be more initiatives like this to for BTOs for the senior citizens to maybe help curb the aging population or rather implement new solutions to address or to help this aging population Will will people start structuring their housing plans around this? Right. In a sense where it's no longer one BTO for life, but it's going to be two BTOs now. Right. So if I'm going to get... Let's, so I'm 25 this year. Let's say I'm going to get a BTO. I'm going to move in when I'm maybe 29 or 30. Going to have that BTO for 30 years. Right. And then switch to a... Um, another community care apartment when I'm 60, 65, uh, whatever the age was that is required to go in. Is that going to be the new way of how things work? I mean, this this really does feel like a, a pretty cool uh, d- new dimension yeah. to, to the housing um, question in Singapore where we're sure, you know, like we can bid for, we can ballot for BTOs which have a 99-year lease and then the question is, you know, we're not going to live 99 years. Yeah. Most of us apply for BTOs between the ages of 25 and 35, uh, which means that by the time you're 60, that's only 40 years mm-hmm. into uh, the, the BTO's lifespan. 
which is a perfect time for most people to sell it because I mean the prices can still go up a bit more. There's still some value right into the, the into yeah. a forty year, uh, a forty year old BTO flat, and then when you sell it off, you know earn the profit, and then you move into a sh- uh, a community care apartment which has a shorter lease, and therefore a really really low price point. Because it's got a shorter lease. I mean, it's really going to be cost efficient in that sense for right. people. Because when you sell your first BTO, there is still some value. Right. And the next house you're going to move in is going to be a heavily subsidized, way more cheaper, way more affordable housing. Right. That you you're going to live in for the rest of your lives, basically. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and that you don't need to pay a lot of money to to make that move, and then you can literally live on the profits. Of right. your subsidized, uh, your first BTO, yeah. Exactly. So that brings me to my next question. So there's a lot we've been talking about how people can maximize their profit or asset in that right. way. If people, okay. So firstly, I think we both agree that this is another dimension that will probably take place more in the future. As in, there are gonna be more CCAs. Right. Um. In the future, people are gonna to start to realize that this is what I can do. They're gonna sell their house, their first BTO when they're probably sixty, move into a CCA when they're sixty, sixty-five, whatever the age right. was again. The thing is, if more people start doing this, will the government step in to prevent this? Step in, as in, the a ninety-nine year lease is gonna be reduced. Ah. Because that's what I think is going to happen. Okay, well, I mean, let's just put it this way, right? Like, this is this is another dimension, but this doesn't have to be the new normal. Mm. Um, we're talking about... Uh, a, like, the community care apartments are meant to be for active seniors, for example. They're meant for you to retire in a community of your peers, mm. um, which has all the amenities that allow you to still be independent, um, but also uh, look out for you if you know because you're older and you might have um, all these other needs that that younger families for example won't require right so you've got all these extra facilities that are catering towards you in your 60s and the truth is this may not be everyone's idea of a retirement yeah for sure so yeah. I mean I think what you're trying to get at is that some people would still need that 99-year lease because not everyone is going to take this plan of having two BTOs. Right. Some couples or some families are still going to have that one BTO and that's going to be their house right. for, for life, basically. But if it starts becoming... I wouldn't say it starts becoming a norm, but it starts recurring more often. If people more and more people start uh, taking advantage, quotation marks... Of this scheme and how it works, do you think the lease will be reduced? Maybe not drastically. Maybe it can be reduced to eighty years, for so, example. So the question, therefore, is like, um, what, what policy is the government really trying to push, um, in cases like these? Are they, you know, like we've already seen how, for example, on block, mm. um, units are not supposed to be the norm. We've had that discussion. Um, several years ago where, where we were being repeatedly told that you know don't hope that your flat gets on block mm. and that um, some flats will get um, upgraded multiple times in order to retain their value but will ultimately expire when the 99 year lease ends and and there's still 
there's some clarity as to that, that this really will be the case, that there's no, going to be no more extensions, that you know the value of the flat really does go down to zero at the end of the 99 years. And, and there's also a question of when, when this becomes the new normal, when, when several estates finally hit their 99-year lease, will anything change in the policies? I think having CCAs just creates mm. that option mm. to um, see if people want to want to try this way of ensuring that they don't uh, need to worry mm. about your lease expiring and all the investment that you put into your property are not paying off. Right. If you even assume that you know your property is your nest egg and that you want to live off the the, the returns. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's going to to change mm. the way things work at this point in time. But of course, I mean, we still have at least right, the 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 oldest flats are only fifty five years, sixty years mm. old. So there's still at least thirty more years before we start having this real conversation of, you know, whether we should reduce ninety nine year leases. Okay, I mean, fair enough. And I mean, then again, not. It's not saying that people who choose this route of having two options, like a first BTO and then a second BTO, it's not a guarantee that you're going to get the second right. BTO because after all, it is still a BTO. And I mean, from this launch itself, there are only about 169 <laughs> units. Nice. units that are available. So if let's say a lot or a huge population, I mean, we wouldn't know until maybe next week. Right. Um, for podcast listeners when you're listening to this it's probably like two three weeks back where the results actually start to come out and see what's the subscription rate right. of the ccas that we can really have our first indication of what is the success of the ccas so yeah i'm pretty sure this will be a topic that we can review in the future as well many many times yeah um like the waiting time for the, the ccas to be built is three years Two years? Three years. Three years. Yeah. So so we, we definitely uh, not only would be able to, to find out how popular the idea is, mm. but we would be able to actively see within the next decade, you know, yeah. um, how, how well it works, mm. as in what kind of community it develops. And I'm sure there'll be more, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there'll be more like these to, to at least replicate the experiment in other neighborhoods and yes. to see whether... Um, yeah, it, it's going to become a, a, a new fixture in the housing mm. uh, the housing landscape in Singapore. Yeah. Funny you said that actually. Of Alright guys, that's all for part one. Part two is up right now, so I will see you there.